morning. Welcome to Get Up With God. It's good to see you this morning. I'm your host, Dylan Maverick, getting ready to start our day. Open up your Bible with me this morning, and we're going to read the Word together. It's good to see you. What a beautiful day. You ready to read together? I am. So good to see you. You're looking great at 6 in the morning. Uh, Let's open up to, uh, let's start in Genesis Two places, Genesis 14, and let's open to Hebrews 7. Yesterday, we talked a lot about uh, Abraham, the blessing of Abraham. We talked about um, the covenant that God had with Abraham and with uh, a high priest that Abraham made a covenant with named Melchizedek. And we kind of talked about that through Hebrews, but I want to talk today about the tithe. Um, and what Abraham did with Melchizedek, this high priest, and how today these same principles that Abraham uh, got into with, uh, with Melchizedek, we can take these same principles today into our, into our personal life, into our finances, into our business, and uh, see God's blessing just like Abraham did, uh, our forefather Abraham. And these things are very important, especially in the times that we're living in now. Um, if you don't, if you haven't been to the gas pump recently, maybe you haven't been to the grocery store, maybe you haven't been out to dinner, maybe you haven't uh, uh, changed the oil in your vehicle or purchased a vehicle recently. But whether you realize it or whether you don't, um, inflation is extremely high right now and moving very fast and affecting a lot of people. And more than any other time uh, in history or in any other time recently, we need to have our money in a place as Christians where it can be blessed. We need to get our, God, our things involved with um, the things of God so that God can, be, um, God can be involved in our finances and he can bless our finances. Uh, it's extremely important that, that as a Christian, not only is our life following suit of the blessing of God, but our money is too. You know, this is very important principles for for the Christian. I've got my pickle cup. Hope you have your coffee with you this morning. Uh, but it's so good to see everybody. What a great day we're going to have. Let's pray and let's get into, into the Word. Uh, I said to open to Genesis 14, and then we're also going to go into uh, Hebrews 7. But let's start in Genesis 14. Lord, we, we praise you, we worship you, we thank you for your word. Uh, we love you, Lord, and we just give you this time in the morning. Oh, we worship you, Lord, we thank you. We love you so much. We're, just, we're so thankful for all that you've done. Heavenly Father, we, we worship you at this time. We spend this time with you. We give you our morning. We give you our time. We just ask that you'd visit us this morning, Lord, and uh, help us this morning. Holy Ghost, reveal your word to us. Uh, give us insight, deep things to the word so that we can, that can, that can help our day, that can help our life, that can empower us. Oh Lord, we're, we're not dull of hearing. Uh, Lord, that like Paul said in Hebrews, we're, uh, we're not dull. Lord, we're sharp to your word. We thank you that your word makes us sharp and that it gives us insight to the things of our life. We thank you for it, Lord. We worship you at this time and magnify you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 
All right. Are you ready to get started? Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you. Thank you for being on. If you're watching live, thanks for joining live and uh, being here this morning. I see you guys. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate you being with me. It helps to have people to study with the word, study the word with. And uh, don't forget, if you miss the live broadcast or you get cut off and you've got to do something else, you can always watch on any audio podcast platform. We're on all of them iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you name it. And if you're watching live on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, or Facebook, thank you so much for joining. Those of you that are on Twitch right now, um, thank you for joining. Get, be sure to get involved and um, put your comments in and, or jokes or anything you want to put in. You can do that. That's fine. If you're watching by Facebook, thank you so much for being live with me. And if you're listening by an audio podcast, thanks for tuning in. Be sure to follow and if you're watching on any of the uh, streaming platforms, be sure to share the post. Um, you know, take a screenshot, put it on your Facebook page or Instagram, tag Get Up With God. We've got an Instagram, a Twitter, Facebook page. You can share it on any of those social media platforms. Um, all right. So let's get into Genesis 14. So we're talking about the tithe, getting our money involved in the things of God so God can get involved in our money and continue the covenant and the blessing. Here's the deal. Whether you do these things or not, whether you apply these things to your life or not, the blessing is still there. Uh, God is still going to bless things. It just won't happen on your money or won't happen on your life if you don't involve yourself in the things that God has uh, has made available to us. So I, I don't know about you, but I want everything that God has for me. I don't want just a little bit of it. I want all the things. If God has something available for me, I want it. It's available. I want to take it. And if there's levels to it, meaning that I can have more or there's less, I want the most that I could possibly have. And if the only reason, listen to this now, don't be the only reason that God doesn't have something amazing in your life happening. God's done the work to make it available. Why wouldn't we not just receive that work or do whatever our part is to play in receiving that work? You know, do everything you can to receive all that you can from the things of God. Don't let anything, don't leave anything on the table when it comes to God. You know, don't let anything that you could do stop what God's blessing could be in your life. Even if it doesn't make sense to you, make it make sense. Take the time and understand these things. Read the word. Um, that's what I'm doing with the, this covenant with Melchizedek and we're spending this time together. I'm reading, uh, I'm, I'm watching videos and reading, uh, uh, commentaries and sub notes and translations of it. Cause I want to understand these things of God. I want the most from God for my life, for my family. And then the people that I'm around, I want, I want to have an impact on, on people's lives. So it's, it's, it is, it's imperative. It's important that we have these things. Um, thank you, everybody that's joining. Um, love y'all. So let's jump into this. Genesis 14, and uh, we'll start in verse 17. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Sheva. This is the king's valley. After his return from the defeat of Shadrlomer and the kings who were with him. So Abram had a, uh, a victorious battle at Shadrlomer. And he defeated the people there, the kings there. And then there was awards, or not awards, rather, like uh, like plaques. There was, there was spoils of war that were available. 
Then in verse 18, it says, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought out bread and wine and was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram, the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. Blessed be the Most High God, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And now Abraham gave a tithe of all. So a tithe, you could translate to a tenth, one tenth, per, a tenth of all of the spoils that he had had. So if he had received, you know, what was the equivalent of a million things or a million dollars worth of things, one tenth of a million dollars or a hundred thousand dollars, you know, I know it's not dollars, it's spoils of wars and um, uh, whatever, the, whatever came with all the spoils of war, gold and uh, merchandise and uh, maybe cattle and you know all the things that came with them conquering in battle. It says here that after the high priest blessed Abraham, Abraham blessed the high priest, gave him a tenth of all the things that he had won in that war. Now turn with me. You had I had asked you to turn it into two places. So Genesis fourteen. Now in Hebrews seven. Let me turn there. I want to make sure I've got my footnotes from Dakes in case we want to jump into that. Uh, Hebrews 7 now in the New Testament. For this, so chapter 7, verse 1 of Hebrews, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham, returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him, so Melchizedek blessed Abraham, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth of all part, first being by interpretation king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace who was without father, without mother, without descent. There was, you can't trace the lineage of King Melchizedek. That's why King Melchizedek, and I don't want to get, or a pre high priest Melchizedek rather, I don't want to get too deep and far into that because it's going to get teachy and I want to get into the meat of this, of, of the tithe, which is a, which what I was studying, is King uh, high priest Melchizedek was a resemblance of Jesus. Jesus is the final uh, high priest for us under that same lineage of not lineage because he wasn't born under that, the, the lineage of which, um, high priests were born out of, but Jesus is a resemblance or Melchizedek was a resemblance of Jesus. And these two are the same at the level in which we're showing respect and building covenants for between us and them. Now, and I'm going to get to the tithe here. Now, how now verse four, now consider how great this man was unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of the spoils. Then it goes on to explain the priesthood and these different things. But listen to this again. Now consider, so when, when the Bible says, when we got a, a, someone like Paul, a prophet, uh, not a prophet, but an apostle. I mean, you could say he was a prophet, but he was an apostle. And he's writing these letters and he's explaining these things. And he says, now consider. We have to do more than just read it and move on with our life. We have to consider it. We have to ponder it. We have to study it and understand what he's trying to say and communicate to us so that we can get the greater meaning and the benefit of what this thing says. 
So in verse 4, it says, Now consider how great this man was. Uh, talking about Melchizedek, the high priest, unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tenth of all the spoils that he had. How great of a man. Now, he's got a footnote here, letter B. I haven't read this. Let's see what it says. He was a man even greater than Abraham. He was the source of the Jewish race. There remains no mystery about him in the view of the facts here because he does not record a father, mother, etc. And he does not make him a man of, uh, of mystery or a divine person as many have thought. Christ is greater than Melchizedek. Uh, but they're just saying the trace of that. So then... Well, now we've got the doctrine of tithing. So this tithing now didn't start because of the law or because Moses brought it into, into, uh, uh, into the Ten Commandments or he brought it after they escaped Egypt and they made it part of their uh, the Levitical law. No, it wasn't part of that. It ha- well, they brought it into that, but it started before that. Tithing to a high priest started before any of this happened started with Abraham and started with Melchizedek and Abraham offering because he saw the position that Melchizedek was in. So tithing in principle started before anything was made a law in the word. It was foundational. It was part of a covenant promise between one man, one man, and they made a covenant together. And that reciprocation of that covenant was of giving the tithe monetarily, financially, to the person that they were in covenant with, which was the high priest. So the tithing is perfectly biblical, accurate, and I just wanted to take a minute to go over that. But now let's go into Romans 4. You can listen, just listen along. This will bless you. And take notes. I'm going to give you some little nuggets here in just a second. Romans uh, Romans 4, verse 12 says, And the father of circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision, but also who walk in the steps of faith, which is me and you, we're not the children of the circumcision. We're of the New New Testament. We're a new covenant with Jesus. So we're not of the uh, children of circumcision, which is the Old Testament or the Old Covenant. We're of the new who walk in the steps of faith, which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. So listen now. Let me read it one more time. And now that we kind of have a better understanding of who we are and what, what reference this is. And the father of circumcision to those who not only are of the circumcision, but also those who walk in the steps of faith, which our father Abraham had. So we are to follow in the same steps, the same guidelines that Abraham did with the high priest to follow that same uh, steps that he did to access the same things that Abraham did with Melchizedek. All right, get ready for this now. And just one more reference point to prove that tithing is not just of the Old Testament. Uh, Let me read this to you. This is Matthew 23. Just listen to this. 23, 23. This is Jesus speaking. And he said, "Woe Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you pay tithes of mint, anise, and cumin, and have neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. These you ought to have done. Talking about tithing, justice, mercy, and faith without leaving the others undone. So he's saying you're still to be doing the tithe. Nothing should be have nothing should stop from the tithe just because we're under a new covenant or we're going to be under a new covenant. He said these you should have done 
without leaving the other things aside, which is justice, mercy, faith. So all of them are combined together. So tithing is for today. Tithing is, is for today. And, and where, the way we've studied this out and understand it is the tithe or the storehouse. Well, let's get into Malachi now. Malachi chapter 3. So this tithing principle, understand this. God needs has need of you having plenty of money, having plenty of things and resources to be able to use for the kingdom of God. You have a business. Do you own a business? Do you own do you own uh, uh, fractional shares of a business? Do you own investments? Do you uh, are you working in a job? God has need of you to have the most from those things that you have, and your and your own storehouse, your personal savings, your personal investments, personal things that you have. God needs of you to have the most of those things for multiple reasons, and we're going to go into that here in Malachi, uh, in Malachi three. But God has need of you to have a lot, have those things so that he can use a lot of those to do more of the things that money can be used for in his kingdom. It's, it's a, absolutely essential. Money is, money is not a bad thing. It can't do good or, or do bad. If you set $100 on the table and you know you have one of those say 10,000 you put $10,000 on the table and you've got a band around it that says 10,000 and you set it on the table well that money can't do good that money also can't do anything bad it's like guns you know people are against guns and all these different things no you should be against uh, evil people with guns You should be against the evil thing that the, that the people do with the gun. But the gun doesn't do anything bad. Guns aren't good. Guns aren't bad. Guns are an inanimate object. Money is an inanimate object. If it's not backed by substance, then it's worthless. It's paper. That's all money is. It's paper. But it has to be backed by substance. Or, or wealth, is if it's not backed by anything, it's worthless. So money's not good. Money's not bad. It's, a, it's an inanimate item. What makes it good or bad is whoever touches it and does something with it. And that's why God has need of you having money. And one of the first principles of having money and having a lot of it is what you're doing initially with the money that you receive. See, God has, uh, take a side note, God is constantly watching our behavior, our actions, what we do, what we don't do. And the Bible is clear. Uh, uh, Jesus says that faithful with little, then you'll be faithful over much. But if you're not faithful with a little bit, you won't be faithful over much. And God is constantly watching you and me, not just with our money, in every area of our life. And when we're not faithful in any area that we particularly, are, you know, our area of life that we're in, whatever we're doing, he doesn't promote or grow those areas or, or help you get promoted in those areas because you're not being faithful in the little bit of it. You're not proving to God to, you're not earning it from God, but he can't trust you with more. Why would he give you more? You know, if you, if you have a, a, a job or you, you have a position in a company and you're not faithful in that job and you don't do your job faithfully in it. Your boss isn't going to give you more responsibility, but when you show that you can do everything you, you have, get it done and have extra time involved, they'll give you more tasks to do. And with more tasks come more money and with more money comes more responsibility on and on it goes. That's what God looks at those things with me and you. 
he he looks and examines our life. He looks at what we have, what we what we maintain, any area, not just money. You know, are you faithful with your time? Time is a huge one, man. Man, I'm working on this series that I'm going to start releasing these little, they're going to be short little podcast bursts of promotional things, um, not promotional items. I mean like promotion, like getting promoted in life in general, in every area. And I've got these little things. I'm making a lot of notes and I'm going to be starting these and they're probably just going to be audio podcasts that I release on our channel. And uh, this is one of the big things is, is being faithful with what you have in every area of your life. And time is a big one, man. Being faithful with your time. If you don't pray, if you don't read the word, if you don't, how, how does God promote someone that doesn't do the fundamental foundational things consistently? Well, he's got to move. He wants to move you to another area. You want to get moved into a higher area with God. God use you to do more things. It takes being responsible with the things that you have. Well, we're all busy. Busy with what? What are you busy with? If you're busy, good, be busy. But be busy and be productive while you're being busy in, in whatever it is that you do. You know, it's not just about ha- occupying and, and, and filling up time with stuff. I could fill up my day. I mean, with anything I, you could, you could sit, sit and fill up your, fill up hours of your day, scrolling through your phone on anything and everything, but it doesn't matter if it's a, you're busy throughout the day, but is the busyness that you're doing producing results? Is it productive? Is it productivity throughout the time of that busyness? God examines those things. He looks at that. So now talking about the tithe, this is an area that God has set up through originally. And the only reason I brought up Abraham, Melchizedek, I know that can be long and, and drawn out, and this isn't as preachy as it is uh, teachy, but it, it is foundational and un- helps you understand where these things came from so that you continue in them as you go through, uh, through, go through your life and understand why things happen or don't happen for you and for your business and for your uh, finances and et cetera, et cetera. You know, it's, there's, there should be no mystery. You know, there should be, Oh my gosh, why did that happen? I never, ever, I, I, I can't think of a time and I, you know, I don't want to eat my words at some point, but it never, in, in my recollection, I don't question God and things like that. I know that God has set up, uh, God has set up cause and effect. He set up seeds and harvest. When you do something, something happens. When you don't do something, that's the equivalent of doing something and something happening. When you don't do something, nothing happens. That's a result. No activity produces no results. Activity produces something. So it's not a mystery to me. And it shouldn't be a mystery to you why things happen or why things don't happen. Because the lack of something and you doing something on your part produces the lack of a result in another area. So if you don't see something in your life that you want to see, don't ask God why it's not there. You take the time to figure out what am I not doing that produces this particular result? This is extremely important for the Christian and and why we need to get to the next level of our life and not be victims to society and victims to our own self. Well, I don't know why things in my life are the way they are. Okay, that is something you should figure out. You, Christians should not, uh, and uh, let me say this, a mature, growing Christian in the word of God should not be asking those kind of questions to themselves. Why don't these things, why isn't this happening in my life? Why don't I have this? 
you are a result of where your life is or where your things are in your life or what level something is or how much uh, something is good or how bad something is. You are a, a byproduct. Of, those things are a byproduct of things that you've said, done, actions, activity. Take ownership of it. Well, Dylan, it's not my fault. Who cares? Take ownership of it. Don't take time to consider things that you can't control. So when it comes to your money, tithing is the number. I've, I've started to wean away from talking to people about their money unless, number one, I know they tithe. Or like we in communicate, like if someone's bringing it up to me, I don't just pry into people's lives about money, you know, and there's people that do that. They're always inquiring about someone's money. You know, what, what about this? How do you know, who cares? But I've started to kind of wean away from discussions about money. If I know somebody's not a tither, like they reject the things of God that what, what do I have to, what do I have to talk to you about? If you don't tithe your money, if you're not a tither in your, in your, with your money, what, do, what am I going to tell you? That's going to help you really nothing. If you don't follow that foundational piece with your money. So let's read this in Malachi chapter three, verse 10. And let me say this too: uh, business owners and people with jobs and people that are retired. Tithing applies to anything that there is increase in anything. If you have a, if you have profit in a business, that's increase. If you have, uh, if you make money in your household, that's increase. You, you, you have additional income. That's increase. Anything that's increased is involved in this. So let's start in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Um, well, let's back up a little bit, actually. Let's go to Malachi 3 and start in uh, verse 8. It says, will a man rob God? Yet you've robbed me. This is God speaking to the prophet Malachi, and Malachi's translating it out. But he said, yet you've robbed me. But you say, where, we, where have we robbed you? And, you say, and God says, in tithes and offerings. God's saying, you've robbed me in tithes and offerings. Now, I went to the footnotes, and let's re- listen to this. This is interesting. When he said robbed, you can translate that to defraud, defrauding. You've defrauded me. In tithes and offerings. Uh, letter N says, The tithes and the offerings belong to God by virtue of covenant agreements. Back to this, back to this Malachi, uh, Melchizedek and Abraham covenant. Says, uh, the, the, the tithes and offerings belong to God by virtue of covenant agreements with man. And to use them for personal gain is robbery of what rightly belongs to him. Doesn't matter what you use it for, the tithe. It doesn't matter what you use it for. It, unless that tithe is brought to a storehouse. Let's continue to read here. It says, You're cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all bring you all the tithes, or you bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Letter Q says the storehouse in Israel was the temple and city of the Levites or the lineage, the tribe lineage of the high priests. I love how this all just ties back together. We're talking about Melchizedek, the lineage of high priests. You couldn't just be born and be a high priest. You had to come from that lineage. So the tithes, uh, the storehouse rather that the tithes went into was the temple or the cities of the Levites. But in the church, it would be considered the place where one receives spiritual help where his gospel needs are supplied 
and where he meets his responsibility in the work of God, your church. You can't tithe anywhere else besides your church. And you can't disperse 10% amongst places. 10% goes to the store, not storehouses, the storehouse. And people wonder why, you know, why isn't, why, why don't these things work in my life? Well, are you working the way according to the covenant? This is a covenant relationship. You know, you would, you would never be allowed to, to move money around according to the way a bank, uh, their systems set things up without following their guidelines and protocols. Like you can't wire. recently my wife and I had to wire a large sum of money to a bank. And that when we went to the, I, I'd never wired that large sum of money before. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't $5,000. It was a large sum of money. And when I, when we went to wire it, they said, okay, no, you can't wire that much money without you got to show your face in the bank is essentially what they're saying. You got to show up, you got to be there present. And we're like, well, that's stupid. I can get online. I can do what, you know, whatever I need to do, I can get it handled. And, uh, um, they were like, yeah, we don't care. Come into the bank. We've got documents you have to sign. We need to see your face. When I showed up to the bank, I had to prove my identity. I had to, um, they had to verify. They had to have three people come into the room, one person to, to sign off on the document, another person to read the document. It was like this whole process. I'm like, good Lord. I just want to, I'm, I'm not sending money to, to Afghanistan or to Iraq. I'm sending money to a bank in our country that's like literally three buildings down from this building. I could literally walk the money. Like, come on, guys. And, um, but that you, that's their process. What are you going to do? What are you going to fight them? You know, what are you going to, you know, I, I don't agree with your ways, so I'm going to do it my way. And I'm, no, you just do it the way they want you to do it. Well, what's different about the things of God? This is God's system for wiring money. This is God's system for, for funding. This is how he sets things up. You can't just do it the way you want to do it and expect the results from God that you want from God. You've got to, co you have to coincide with the covenant promise, the principles of God's word. This is a big book of information. The entering into the things and the promises of God is completely easy. It takes no work, takes no effort. It takes obedience on your part. Once you're in the covenant, once you've become a part of the family, you've got work to do. The access to God's things is a narrow, disciplined, hard-working way. Now, the burdensome, the yoke of that, or in other words, the, 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 the pressure on your back is light and easy, but it takes work, effort, studying, learning about the things of God. It takes a lifetime dedication to the things of God. And it doesn't take all day long to do it. You t if you take time every day and you... I mean, think about it. If you spend a year every day for an hour and, and let's just, let's make it even easier. You spend 15 minutes every day praying, studying the word, spending time with God like we're doing right now. And you do that for a year. Well, after a year, you have spent whatever that is times 365, 15 minutes times three. I mean, days you've spent just spending time with God. That's how you become a severe, you want severe results in your life. You got to get severe about this word. You can't do it the, the way you want to do it. And he said, cause I know people that do this stuff. Oh, uh, I'm going to, we're going to, I'm going to tie, you know, I tithe, I tithe. And, and you, if you're listening, you can't see me. I'm giving air quotes right now. 
uh, I tithe, you know, I, I do tithe, I give my money and then, you know, they give 20 bucks. Now, if that's 10% of your income, that's 10% of your income. I'm talking about like a random amount. They give, you know, they just give a dollar amount that they just come up with in their head because they feel like, you know, I got to do my service or I got to give to a little bit or I want to help. So I want to disperse my money and, you know, I don't want to give it to one place because I want to reach as many people. No, you're coming up with your own doctrine. You're coming up with your own way of thinking, your own way of doing things. Who, who are you? Do things the way God said to do it. Bring all your tithe. I mean, I'm not adding to the scripture. It says, bring, you bring all the tithes into the storehouse. Not bring some of the tithe to some of the storehouse and bring some of the tithe to... You want severe results, you've got to be severe. You've got to, you've got to realize this stuff is for you and for me. Jared said, Jared said about 90 hours. You're talking about the 15 minutes a day over 300. Yeah. 90 hours. That's a week. That's uh, or essentially a week of work. A week is of seven days is 168 hours, but 90 hours is double the amount what most people spend working. So you're spending two weeks of, of what would be the equivalent of a full-time job if you spend 15 minutes a day. And correct me if I'm wrong, wrong Jared, because I'm not using my calculator, but I think that's what you're saying. Jared said it's about 90 hours over the course of a year if you spend 15 minutes a day in the Word of God. What does that have to do with the tithe? Everything. Because you can't be consistent. You're not consistent if you don't do things consistently in multiple areas. You can't, you're not that way. I'm not that way. Nobody is that way where they're consistent here, but then they're really bad over here. No, you're if you're generally consistent, you're mostly consistent in all things. You just become a consistent. Now, you could be more consistent, do things at a higher level, but most people that are consistent are going to be consistent in most things that they do. If you're inconsistent, you're typically un- inconsistent in a lot of areas. You know, But if you study the Word every day, consistently read the Word, you're going to become a severe person. You're going to grow in these things of God and start to understand that this is for you and it applies to you. There's not different levels of Christianity. There's not people on different. That's because we go to different churches. You have a storehouse. If you go to uh, go to the same church I do, that's our storehouse. We have the same storehouse. But just because you go to a different storehouse doesn't mean that these principles apply to a different church and they mean things on a different level because your pastor teaches it a different way than this pastor does. I'm not teaching the way a pastor teaches it. I'm teaching it the way the Bible teaches it. it tells us that to bring all of your tithe to a storehouse. So that, now listen, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there may be meat in that house and prove me now. Now, and he goes on, we're not going to have time to go into that today. Maybe we'll talk about it tomorrow, see where the Lord leads. We've gone a little long today. But you gotta, you, you've got to, you don't have to. Now, you have to. Uh, you've got to get these things and you have to, if you want the results from them, but I, I'm not saying you have to, in terms of, I'm telling you what to do. I'm not going to do that. You do what you want to do. I'm going to do what I want to do. And I want to follow the principles of God, no matter how much, no matter how hard it is. 
if it's so different than what I'm used to doing, so what? And we didn't get through everything I wanted to. I'm just a little long-winded on a lot of this stuff, and I'm not apologizing for it, but I'm just communicating to you that there's more into this than, uh, than we've got through today. But number one principle, will a man rob God, yet you've robbed me? How have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that you will not have room enough to receive it. You want to talk about God's blessing in your life? Insert here. It's where it is. Talking about increasing your... Now listen, you need any income that you have a part of, any income, anything in addition to the last level of finances that adds to that, you are responsible to tithe off of that to a to the storehouse. Well, I don't have a storehouse. I don't have this one church that I go to. You've ne- you need to find one. It is imperative that you find one. Need I remind you what it said in um, what it says in Hebrews that. The tithe goes into the storehouse where you receive. Or I'm sorry, that's the footnote out of Malachi. What a storehouse is. Where you receive spiritual bettering. Where you put your hand to work and serve in that, in that ministry and help that community in your storehouse. Don't, you don't need five storehouses. Well, I'm getting a little long-winded this morning. Uh, I, can, I, I, I think this is going to go on to another series and I need to get going. So... Or another, this will go into another thing, but one storehouse. You've got one storehouse and you've got one tithe. Pick it, figure it out, get it done. Don't don't dilly-dally around it. Don't tiptoe around it. Get it done. I'm encouraging you to. It'll it's it not only is it gonna benefit your life, it's what it's what it will do. But God has need of you and the things that you have. And he'll he'll reward you for it. He's not gonna take it you know, take things from you and expect things from you and not reciprocate that back to you. Hey, look, I love you so much. I hope this helped you this morning. It's definitely helping me. It's helping me get deeper in these things and understand them. I love you so much. Have a great day today. Be blessed. I'll see you in the morning. Pray for our ministry and the things that we've got going on. We're reaching a lot of people and impacting people's lives on a weekly, weekly basis. And it's because of your support It's because of your prayers financially as well. Everything that you do and being a part of it. Thank you so much. Love you. Have a great day today. I'll see you tomorrow morning bright and early. Talk to you soon. See you later. Thanks for everybody that joined.